0: Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacey, and today we're back at it again. We're doing some time traveling, going back to the Old West. We're talking about Tremors 4. Back to Perfection, which came out in 2004.
1: I feel I've not been privy to
0: critical, most needful information. I'm your host, Ryan Stacey. Um, I don't remember if I said that already.
1: <laughs> I don't know either.
0: But my, we got my dad back on the podcast day to keep talking about Tremors. Fourth movie in the Tremors series, the, a prequel... Uh, Dad, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, I get to talk about Tremors, so it's always a good day when I get to talk about Tremors. <laughs> it is a good day talking about Tremors. So you had not seen Tremors 4 before. Nope, had uh, not. First time. What did you think?
1: I'm probably going to have to rate it number four. It, it's maybe out of the four I've seen. I think it's going to be fourth. Um, mostly out of disappointment. I thought it was... I was really excited to see the Old West version of it because I've seen that happen before when they've done those prequels and gone to the Old West, and I was really excited to see it. And, ah... Uh, you know I think it just lost some of uh, what Tremors is good at some of that clever fun I guess it is kind of stupid fun but clever The switch out from Hiram to Bert uh you know Bert was so classic and he's so good at what he does and uh to switch over to Hiram uh, yeah I just didn't did just, just didn't love it like the others
0: okay uh I love Tremors four so I, I know
1: it's, it's, I know you do It's
0: probably my third favorite of the entire series. I love the Old West idea. You know, a recent movie that did this was Prey, the newest movie in the Predator series. I love the idea of just basically doing the same movie, just in a different time period. That really works for me. Mm -hmm. Tremors 4 does that. And I I think very well, you know, they didn't have the budget of the first movie. And that's definitely noticeable. The acting isn't always great for most of the side characters. Yep, Not going to name names, but there's a lot of kind of... Not great. I'll put it this way. There's a lot. If you go to the cast list on Wikipedia, there's a lot of people on there who don't have Wikipedia pages. <laughs> Not shocked. But I enjoy the movie. I think it's fun. There's a couple of really fun characters. Uh, Billy Drago's in this one. Very, He's very true.
1: Very true with Billy.
0: And Hiram Gummer. I love Hiram Gummer. My, my you know, my sister, she's been on the podcast before. Termers 4 used to be her favorite just because of Hiram Gummer. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, Marissa and I used to quote him at each other all the time.
1: That's just... Dandy
0: stuff like that. So I love Hiram Gubber because he's the exact opposite of Burton. It's yep. so funny. Yeah. So th- this one really works for me, especially for a straight to video, straight to TV film. It's the last, I think, of the classic Tremors. From here on out, it definitely takes a step down.
1: Oh no. Yeah,
0: the five, six, and seven are all are all worse. Ugh. They they look better, but they're all worse.
1: You know, I thought this was shot really well. Yeah. Uh, it was beautifully shot. The music was good. Like the music's yeah, great, as you said. Some of the characters were a little underwhelming. Practical and then,
0: effects on all the mostly like ninety-eight percent practical effects on this one. Yep.
1: And then you know, Hiram versus Bert. Yeah, I get it. But yeah, it was just I, I wanted a lot more. I was sure. I, I was anticipating greatness. Oh and, yeah, yeah. It's, it's then, not
0: great. I think it's really good. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, it's No tremors One.
1: Yeah, my expectations were too high. Sure.
0: Well, lower them for the next three, will <laughs> All right. Uh, and the TV series. Re- really bring those down. Oh, no. <laughs> they're, they're fun, but they are not as good. And they are made by different people who I don't think cared quite as much.
1: You know, if they bring back the comedy, the wittiness, you know, um, Burt Bert saying the funny lines, you know, if they can bring that back, then I'm in.
0: That That is the one thing they have is Burt brings it michael gross brings it for all the sequels
1: i think you said the last time that he 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 edits a lot of his own lines Mm -hmm. and i think he has done a really good job however with hiram it was just a lot different just a different character didn't have that opportunity to to be that redneck that we love
0: nope uh he plays different character he had a blast with it i had a blast with it but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're not here to review this movie. We're here to talk about stupid character decisions. Yep. point of this podcast is we are trying to create a master list of rules to survive any at all horror movies, no matter what time period they take place in. We're going to be going through the plot of this movie, beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to our current list of 61 rules. You can check that out on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. So spoiler alert for Tremors 4, if you liked the first three Tremors movies, go watch this one for yourself. You might like this one too. I know at the time... It, the fans were kind of mixed on this one, but I think it's gotten more popular within the fandom since. So maybe you'll, you'll be a fan like me. Dad, anything else before we jump into this? Nope, I'm good. Let's go. All right, let's get into the plot of Tremors 4. The movie begins exactly 100 years before the first movie in 1889 at a silver mine near Rejection, Nevada. It's not an imperfection right now. It's Rejection. They could have picked a better name. Yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was a little, um, little questionable why they would go that route. Yep. So we're introduced to our, our our Kevin Bacon stand-in for this movie, a guy named Juan, who I think is supposed to be uh, Miguel's a- a- ancestor. Okay. Because Juan's goal is to own a ranch in the valley. That's what Miguel's doing. They're both Hispanic. Maybe I'm assuming things, but I think that makes sense. It'd be kind of fun if you know Miguel's ancestor fought uh, these worms. Yeah, That'd be kind of cool. So Juan is kind of the, the Kevin Bacon character in this movie. Juan and his buddy Victor, they're down working in a silver mine... Off screen, Victor is immediately attacked and killed. And Juan turns around. He's like, hey, Victor, where'd you go, buddy? They're down in a mine. I guess you could assume maybe a small cave-in or something. I mean, I think cave-in is more likely than worm attack. Yep, very much more likely. (laughs) So let's talk about caves. I like exploring caves. You and I, we did that uh, out in uh, Northern California, the lava tunnels out there. Yep. It was awesome. This is going to fall under the rule, rule 52 is don't go in the water. Nothing good has ever happened in a cave.
1: That is true. That's Nothing a...
0: good has ever happened. As much as I like going exploring in them, it is stupid.
1: Yeah, bad things can happen.
0: And, you know, horrible thing. Any movie ever that goes in a cave, bad things happen down there. If you don't go in a cave, you're probably okay. So don't recommend going into caves as fun as they are.
1: I do find it interesting that we know that the car- the creatures, they work best in sand. And so here here you are in a silver mine, assuming there's got to be some solid rock somewhere and very little bit of sand. Loose dirt. Loose dirt. I don't know. Bit of a stretch, maybe. Yeah. It's kind of fun because the second kill we're going to get is
0: kind of like the reverse of the classic Tremors kill. So Juan's going to go tell his foreman, like, hey, Victor's missing. I don't know what happened. The foreman, he gets pulled because they're in a cave, he gets pulled upwards into the dirt
1: and gets his head bit off. Yep. And, and I do think the characters, these are babies, right? These are the, they yep. just recently hatched. Yep. I, I read that I, th- I think the the warm spring water, uh, the hot spring yep. water hatched the eggs. And now these are babies. They dug too greedily and too deep. <laughs> they unleashed the Balrog. Yeah. <laughs> they and the dwarves. So I do think, it I guess the point I'm trying to make, it is easier for them to move around because they are much smaller yep. than the parents.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get baby graboids in this movie. They're weirdly
1: cute. Weirdly. In yeah. a weird way. It's some nice kills.
0: Um, they're, they're fun. But so the foreman gets killed and Juan turns around, pulls the foreman down, his head's missing. Juan, rule number one, you are in a horror movie. There's no cave in this time. So Juan screams, rule 10, don't panic. Get out. Rule 11, get out exactly. Get out! And all the other miners, they rush down to the mine to like help Juan out. Nice co-workers he's got there. Yeah. They all get eaten.
1: All of them. <laughs> 17, wasn't it?
0: Yep. It's, not, they're, they're, it's off screen, but they they all get horrifically eaten by the Graboids. Juan panicked and he just like froze up and just laid there. And you know what? It saved his life. <laughs> Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. You know, in any other movie, Juan is dead here. But because he just completely froze, he lives. You know, that, that's kind of like the rule, you know, some people don't wear a seatbelt because like one out of every hundred crashes, the seatbelt like prevents you from getting out and you die from that. It's kind of like that. It's just like, you should still buckle up because the odds are it'll save you. One out of every hundred times, it'll hurt you. But. Yep. So it's kind of like the seatbelt thing. So one gets lucky, breaks rule and lives and gets lucky. Then we're going to go to a rejection proper a few days later. It's the town of perfection. We have Chang's Market.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's still here. Since the silver mine has shut down because all these miners got killed, the town is dead. Yep. Everyone's leaving. We get a wagon train of people just leaving town. Hardly anybody's staying, but we're introduced to everybody left. We have the ancestors of Walter Chang here. Um, we have Pyeonglin, who is um, the dad. He runs the market. His wife, Luan. She's just kind of superstitious, I guess, is her character.
1: Seemed a little angry.
0: A little angry. She wants to go back to China, but she also doesn't want to go back to China. And there's Fu Yen. Who I really like. Funny kid. Mm-hmm. So the Chang family, they're all here. They're staying. We also have a hotel, which is run by Christine Lord, who is our, our stand-in for Reba McIntyre. And her friend, Tacopa, who's Native American, and they they run the hotel together. Juan is sticking around. And then finally, we have Old Fred, <laughs> um, <laughs> who is just let the town drunk. Yep. And so these are, these are the people who are staying behind. And apparently, Juan hasn't really been able to explain what happened up in the mine. He's just like, he's really frustratingly vague about it dude explain what happened Yeah, these monsters attacked and killed everybody i didn't really get a good look at them boom done easy rule number nine be careful you're saying how you say it yeah you know maybe you explained it better you could all leave together but the reason why these people aren't leaving besides old fred i don't know why he's staying here but the rest of them have invested everything into their either their businesses or Juan's ranch yep and if they leave they lose everything
1: Yep. they have nothing to take with them they can't sell it
0: so you know let's talk about the rule Rule 44 is don't get greedy. I I don't know that this is necessarily getting greedy because, you know, you just want something. But it's something you have to consider when you're in a situation like this. How much, you know, are you willing to go back to zero dollars and zero cents to live? You know, you got to weigh the pros and cons of that. And, and, you know, I can kind of understand them staying because they don't fully get what's happening yet. But there's a point later on where I'm like, you should probably get out of here.
1: Yep. Well, we talked about it before when they they're being paid to hunt the graboids. What's your price? Yep. You know, are you willing to put your life on the line for how much? And these people are kind of doing the same thing with their worldly possessions. They don't want to leave them behind. They don't want to start out with zero. So they've got a price. They just haven't hit it yet.
0: I just think the logic's a little bit a flawed, especially for the Changs and then Christine. Because who's going to stay in your hotel? Who's going to buy your stuff at the market? Yep. There's no, there's not much of a market left. I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: I'm assuming they think the silver mine's going to reopen yep. just because of the uh, the attraction of the silver.
0: Yep. And they're going to get a telegram from the owner, Hiram Go- Goomer, as someone <laughs> pronounced it, Hiram Gummer. He's the owner of the mine. He's gonna, he's pissed about the losses, the mine, or lack of profits. He's going to come out and figure out what's going on personally. Sometime later, stagecoach arrives and we meet Hiram Gummer, played by Michael Gross. He is an East Coast rich dandy who's never done anything, anything hard in his life. He was not told anything about the situation because apparently the, the supervisor of the mine just up and left. Right. Didn't respond, just kind of quit without telling anybody. So he has no idea about the miners getting killed. He had no idea the mine closed. So he was denied critical, need-to-know <laughs> information. <laughs> information. <laughs> and we're gonna get a lot of classic Burt lines just done in
1: a different style
0: throughout yeah. this movie which is really fun
1: yep that I guess that one is one of the good points on the humor is that they were able to bring those things in like old Fred and the yep. line, and that line you just read other stuff like that where it's a, a throwback to the future I guess
0: yeah you know a, a lot of times I get annoyed with like remember this awesome reference from an earlier movie um a lot of movies do that these days this movie's at least clever with how they do it and it, it's supposed to set up how Bert got all of this, these bert Right. So I, I like it. I think it works here. But yeah, Hiram, he's just the worst. <laughs> he's awful. He's not likable in the slightest. He's funny because he's Michael Gross. But he's lazy. He's entitled. He's just a jerk. Right. And he's got a bicycle. He's got a bicycle. He brought a bicycle out to the desert. So he checks into the hotel. And you know, at one point, he ha- he asks Fu, uh, Fu Yen to get him his brandy out of his case. And in return, he will give Fu a slice of cake. Fu runs off to get it. Hiram eats the cake, and Fu doesn't get any of it. And so he's like, lesson in life, son. If you can take advantage of someone, do it. Nice. Nice guy, this Hiram. <laughs>
1: what a terrible thing to teach a child. <laughs> just just totally, just totally, almost as bad as you could do. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Hiram's going to meet Juan, and there's a few miners left around here, but they're not going to go to the mine because it's dangerous we'll we'll go like look for these creatures and hunt down you're gonna have to pay us though so Hiram is gonna agree to do this but then he reveals he doesn't have a gun he came out to the wild west didn't lock and load everyone else like takes out their weapons everyone's got a gun except Fu, who's got a slingshot uh but rule five lock and load it's the wild west anyway so Juan and Hiram they're gonna set off Hiram's gonna try and take his bicycle it's gonna immediately break <laughs> even though it's the cross-country model so he's gonna learn how to ride a horse they are going to head out. Fuyen is going to give Hiram his sling shot, so he has something. Right. But we're going to go out and meet these miners. Uh, there's four of them who agree to go. Not much to these guys. We got a pair of brothers, Brick and Stony.
1: <laughs> I forgot that, but what was the other one's name?
0: Uh, we got Soggy. Soggy. <laughs> and Big Horse Johnson. All right. These are our four miners. They're a bunch of miners. That's all I got for them. Yep. Soggy's constantly spitting tobacco. That's about it for them.
1: And brick and stony.
0: Brick and stony. So they're gonna go check out the mine. All right. Rule number one: You're back at this mine where this horrible massacre happened. You are in a horror movie. You don't know what happened necessarily, but you're here.
1: Bad things have happened
0: here, and you've come back to it. Hiram's like, "All right, you guys go on in and check it out." They're like, "No." It's like, <laughs> "Fine, I'll go with." I respect trying to send everyone else and see so you don't have to deal with. It. I respect that. <laughs>
1: Well, isn't it like the guy in Tremors Two who paid Bert to come in? Exactly, and that's all right. Uh, you're off to it. I'm leaving. Yep, eg- exactly. I'm, I'm paying you. Go ahead and you work. I will leave, and I'll be safe. Uh, Senior Ortega. That's what won him the Randy Meeks merit badge. That's right. It's a great
0: move. They're gonna go in. Bloody remains everywhere, but there's no sign of any monsters or anything like that. So mine's clear. We can reopen. Horror movie's over. I think. Nope. Notably, Juan is going to grab a pickaxe. Just, just a little extra thing. Just the, the old Nestor move from Tremors 1. That has been so shockingly effective. So maybe Nestor's on to something this
1: whole time. Well, he just didn't get his chance to use it. Yep. So
0: they're going to set up camp near some trees because Hiram brought a hammock. So <laughs> he needs some trees to set up his hammock <laughs> because it's better for the posture. Um. So they're going to be camping out. Soggy's going to take out his accordion. Everyone gets really mad at him and tell him, <laughs> go away, go play for the horses. So they're going to be hanging out. And all of a sudden they hear a weird noise and the accordion comes like rolling back into camp. That's weird. I could. Rule number one. Okay, like something weird is happening. Why did the accordion come flying into camp? Has Soggy done stuff like this before? Maybe. Maybe he's a comedian. With that name, you've got to be a comedian. (laughs) But everyone is just so chill about this. It's like, duh. Something's wrong. Wake up. So Brick, he gets all mad and he's going to go beat up Soggy. So he storms out of camp. You guys are in a horror movie and you don't know it. Yep. 17 people died in that cave. It's, it's bad. And then rule number 19 is don't split up, gang. Brick's going to go off on his own. Yep. Let's split up and look for clues. Immediately get eaten off screen. And they, they hear him shout, all right, finally. You has know when you're in a horror movie. Yep. Stoney's going to go off on his own for just a minute and look around, can't find Brick anywhere, and come back. He gets lucky.
1: That's uh, his brother.
0: It's his brother. It's, it's more understandable, but still, he gets lucky. And the horses run off, too, so that's not good. So they're all making noise because they don't know that yet. Stony's going to end up getting attacked by, we finally see him baby grab boys. Right. They're going to call them dirt dragons. And they can fly. Yeah. They just jump onto the ground and they leap and they grab you. And they're a little tiny, about big as a dog. Yep. Kind of cute. Kind of ugly.
1: <laughs> I don't think there's any cuteness to home. <laughs> but it is, it is pretty funny. Some of the kills here where they're just flying back and forth. Yep. Uh, I think the really funny one's the next one after this.
0: That one's really funny. But yeah. So Stony gets taken down. So we're down to three real fast. These things aren't messing around. They're quick. So one in Big Horse, they, they start shooting up the place and it has no effect. But, you know, they don't know that yet. Bert learns in the first movie, dirt stops bullets. Yep. And while well, they're using what they have, yep. which, which is guns, which makes sense. Totally. Hiram brought a teapot with <laughs> <laughs> and it goes off. And so one of the dirt dragons, the graboids, attacks the teapot. Nothing happens, but it, you know this is what's going to teach them like, oh, it's, it's noise that yeah, lets it's, them hunt.
1: It distracts the,
0: the dirt dragon. One's gonna be able to kill one that flies at him with a pickaxe.
1: Yay, Nestor!
0: <laughs> and then another one attacks Hiram, and he uses his hammock to tangle it up. Yep, perfect. Doing what you can with what you got. Well, here you go. One thinks that maybe if they go on the rocks, that the the, the graboids—I'm gonna just call, call them graboids for simplicity's sake—can't uh, get them. Which he's right. So one and Hiram get up on the rocks, and big horse—he's gonna run for it, and he just gets smoked. Two <laughs> two of these things fly at yeah.
1: him at once. And just, yep knock him out just ta- just the perfect crisscross tackle and take his legs out his problem is he was wearing spurs oh yeah so jangle some spurs
0: and he gets just wrecked and you know he had no chance to know that right so just just bad luck wasn't quick enough to so anyway that's that's it for the miners they're they're done they're all dead really I, I i don't have i don't have anything for soggy and you know they, i guess the, the big thing for them is they none of them none of this group realized they were in a horror movie fast enough right and then, you know, Brick and Stoney at one point, they each went off on their own.
1: Yeah. Just considering what they were tasked with in heading there, they should have been more on edge. They should have been, you know, all right, something bad's going to happen. I need to be prepared. And they, they clearly were not. Nope. Not at all. They,
0: they were way too calm about this whole thing. 17 people got killed. And then I, I guess I forgot to mention that seven more went back up to check it out later on. None of them came back. Right. What happened to those people? So Juan uh, suggests they walk on the foothills back to rejection because it's all made of rock. So uh, he and Hiram are going to start walking back and eventually make it back. We're going to cut to Tacopa. He they, they set this up early, and this this turns out really cool. He's making a hole for a flagpole, digging up one. So when Nevada adopts a state flag, they can hang one up. But he's making the hole for it right now, and that's going to pay off amazingly later on.
1: You know, and he—it's he, funny—he was using a post hole digger, and it's like I gotta believe those did not exist in eighteen eighty-nine. I'm not sure. I, I do not know about that one. I should investigate it. Yeah. Should-
0: so, one and Hiram make it back and tell everyone what happened. All right, you are all in a horror movie. So, Hiram is like, okay, we got to get rid of these things to reopen the mine. I'm gonna send out a telegram to hire a gunslinger to take these things down. That's f- fantastic. I love this. So now we wait. We got to wait for this gunslinger to come out here. In the meantime, Fu Yen fixes Hiram's bike and tries to charge him five bucks, which is like several hundred dollars in today's Um, inflation. And Hiram's like, that's highway robbery. Fu Yen Yen is like, if you can take advantage of someone, do Do it. it. (laughs) Boom! Get absolutely wrecked. So Hiram's like, all right, fine. You can just keep the bike. (laughs) But I think it makes Hiram like the kid. Yeah, I think there was some respect gained. Cut to one month later. I guess it takes a while for worry to, for people to get around in the Old West. Yes, it does. So the town is digging a deeper well. And this is just a setup that they have a traction engine in town that they're using to help dig the well. But everyone's working on that. Christine tries to collect Hiram's tab. He has not paid anything yet for staying in her hotel. And he he's like, refuses. He's like, I don't have any cash on me because you don't have a bank right now. Once I open the mine, the bank reopened, I can wire funds. So until then... Get wrecked. But later he's going to apologize to her. And he's like, all right. So my dad was an idiot, invested everything in the mine. So I have no money. Yep. All I have in the world is a set of diamond cufflinks, a golden pocket watch, and like a golden coin that he uses as a fob for the watch. Yep. Three things of value. That's all he's got. So he can't pair because he's got no money. So I, I think... This gives what Hiram's going to do, sticking around and trying, working so hard to get this reopened. I think this adds a lot because he has no valuable skills. He's done nothing in his life. He's been, you know, just rich and wealthy his entire life. If he loses this, what is he going to do? So I understand why Hiram's pushing so hard to get this thing reopened. Right. He's, he's, all about, he's running out of options. He has nothing left. Yeah, he will have no value to society <laughs> if if the mine closes. Right. So, old Fred. Uh, that night, uh, storm camp comes in. Old Fred is out of town. He's on a. He's going to a muleing station. Some riding some wagon train somewhere. I don't really know what this is. Yeah, I don't either. Forgive me for not being an expert on old west stuff transportation yeah old fred is out of town on his way to a muling station and this is when black hand kelly arrives on the scene he's our gunslinger he's played by billy drago who we last saw in children of the Corn* nine as the preacher guy
1: and also in the untouchables with kevin costner
0: he was super good in that he, he passed away a few years ago but he is an excellent actor character actor he's always managed to be really creepy yep really intimidating
1: He's got this like a unique looking face. Yep.
0: And he's good. Love Billy Drago.
1: Yeah, very good at it. And he turns out to be the creator of Bert Gummer.
0: Yep. This is like the proto Bert. Yep. Because uh, he's a gun guy.
1: He's gonna turn Hiram onto guns and eventually Hiram will fall in love with guns. A
0: lot of the same philosophies, like you gotta take care of yourself, a very individualistic attitude and yep. survivalism stuff. So this is kind of, uh, the, he becomes kind of Hiram's mentor. But yeah, he's he's fantastic in this. So they tell him about the Graboids, and he's like, "I did, is this drink like super strong? What are you guys <laughs> talking about? <laughs> he doesn't buy it at all. But what he does buy is money. He's like, all right, if you're willing to pay, yeah, sure. I'll stick around and hunt these things, I guess. So he gets the coin fob and the cufflinks from Hiram in order to do this job. So, for for Kelly, I mean, this is literally his job. This is what he gets hired to do. He gets hired around to shoot people,
1: basically. Yep, he's a shooter.
0: You know, every day of his life is a movie, whether it's a western or a horror movie yeah. or an action movie or something. So, this is,
1: you know. Well, it's his skill set. It's his so.
0: skill set. Rule number three is do your damn job, but don't die in the process. Yeah. That's the big thing. The high-risk, high-reward kind of job he's in. Cannot recommend becoming a gunslinger, everybody.
1: Yeah. How much is this? thing is, how much is this coin worth? How much are those diamond cufflinks worth? Yep. We just don't have a good appreciation. You know, Based on what we get for the watch later, you've got to assume that that gold coin and those cufflinks were worth a lot. Yep. And
0: then, th- and this is just a down payment.
1: Right. Uh, once the silver mine reopens, he
0: gets as much silver as he can carry on a strong horse. Sure. As much as he can take with him. That's a lot of money. Yeah. He's not going to get to spend any of it, though. That's the big thing. (laughs) So, you know, high risk, high reward. Keep that in mind. Don't become a gunslinger. I think that's the big lesson we can take away from that. Gunslinger is not a great career track today. No. (laughs) So they're going to get some guns from Christine because a lot of the miners, they couldn't pay their tabs. Christine so they paid in gun. (laughs) barter system. Right. And what's really funny, he and Juan get whatever, and he tells Hiram, "Hey, just grab something you're comfortable with. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to take the time gun that you've ever seen in your life little pea shooter (laughs) and they are going to ride on out on this quest to hunt down these these remaining worms they check the old camp where they fought the graboids the first time nothing they checked the mine nothing but they are going to end up finding um where they drained like steam water from the mine that hot water where that exited they made like a pipe uh, piping and where it exited it uncovered eggs which allowed them to hatch and started this whole thing they dug too greedily and too deep <laughs> but there's four eggs. They've killed one. That means there's three graboids left, just like the first movie. But they don't know how big they are at this point. Yeah, they still think it's just these little baby things. And, and that was kind of part of Kelly's plan. Is like he wanted like quick, quick shots. You know, because mm-hmm. these things fly through the air; they're fast. You want to be quick with your shots, not necessarily hard hitting bullets. Right. That's then. That's the big problem they're going to run into. So they end up spotting Old Fred's wagon out in the middle of nowhere, and it's been attacked. This is incredible. I love this. So you could see, you know, the guy's name is Old Fred. Anybody who's seen the first movie remembers Old Fred. They found his head underneath his hat. Well, you see Old Fred's hat sitting on the ground near the wagon. There's going to be a face under it. So Juan... Lifts it up. There's nothing there. And then the wind blows in the background. There's old Fred's head sitting in the wagon. Yep. Mm, it's good. <laughs> I got nothing really for old Fred. We, right. We, we have
1: no idea what happened to him.
0: Didn't see what happened. So they bury him and they're, they're going to go on to the mewling station and camp out there for the night. Because this mewling station has really, really thick beams on the floor for the wagons. Wagons have to go into this station. So they have a really sturdy floor in there. And they really should have gone for the rocks. Rocks are better than man-made structure. I think that's what we're learning in, in the Tremors movies. You may get stuck up there, but they're not going to tear out the rock from under you. Right. So if you're ever in a Tremors movie, go for rocks over man-made structures, <laughs> generally. Good tip. No, I will say the man-made structure does have a, a, a telegraph. So, you know, pros and cons. Yep, get some get some outside help. So they go to the mewing station and Hiram's sitting up his bed and Kelly spins him around to make sure he's facing the door always be prepared rule two constant vigilance yeah good point. face the door see the exits yep. so while they're all sleeping the graboids are going to arrive and but they're different this time they're just these weird snaky things it's the, the tongues of the graboids the, the classic tongues and they're super confused they're like why are there nine of them now what is going on so the kelly's shooting at them they leave for a little bit we see Hiram's pathetic little gun <laughs> it's hilarious. Kelly's going to give him a real gun because they know that they're in huge trouble. So it's time to give uh, Hiram a, a craft course on how to shoot. But the thing here is the, the Graboids, they cannot break through this floor. But they're, they can tear it apart. So they're going to come in from the side and grab one beam at a time and rip it out of the floor and drag it away.
1: Very so, intelligent move. This
0: is cool. This yeah. is a great sequence. Yeah, very smart on their part. So slowly but surely, they're going to make the floor smaller and smaller until there's no room left. Love it. What's really cool is that at first they're like, they, they, they bang on, like, one wall, and then the other graboid comes in when they're all distracted to drag out a beam. So they're, they're
1: smart. Yep. They're working together as a team, tearing this place out from underneath them.
0: So there's a telegraph here. So Wan, they don't know the code, though, but Wan's just going to start tapping away and try and get some help. So Pyong and Takopa they're out getting firewood. So they're, they're out of town. So Christine... Luan, Luan and Fu, uh, Fu Yan are going to hear this. Fu Yan knows the code, and he's like, I don't know. This, this is gibberish, but he's going to check each line and plug them plug them back in and figure out where this is coming from. Mealing station. Fu Yan is smart. Yep. So if he knows where they are. Christine's going to go out and get the boys and go help yep. me on, on our wagon. Going by herself, not great, but there really isn't anyone else because you don't want to bring the kid, and then mom needs to stay with the kid. So it's kind of a tough spot. Did you guys really need firewood that badly? Did you have to go get firewood right now, guys? So where the telegraph is in the Muling station, the, the, the wood isn't as thick there. It's very thin. In fact, when they built it for the movie, it was so thin, they actually had to have the the actor in a harness and wires to float on top of it. Because if you touched it, even a little bit, it would break.
1: Oh, you're kidding. So, yeah,
0: they, the, the way they had to film it, no one could step on it. Oh, my gosh. That's how fragile it was. But a Graboid is going to burst through here. Juan is going to grab onto a beam at the on the ceiling and, like, scamper away. It's awesome. I love this. This whole sequence is so fun. <laughs> and Kelly and, and Hiram, they're going to shoot, but, like, their guns are worthless because this is the first time we see the big beast of a Graboid. Right. These are tanks. Your guns are useless here. Kelly knows this. He's like, oh, well, we're screwed. So his plan, and, you know, I, I got to give him credit. This is Rule 22, take the shot. His plan is to hold off, wait for, for them to come up close as possible, fire everything they got, hopefully, they hit a brain. Right. Denmark. What else can you do? Yeah. Yeah, you know, as Kelly puts it, you got to know your enemy to be able to fight them. And this is not the enemy that he signed up to fight.
1: <laughs> Very true. These things are huge.
0: So the next morning, they're getting ready for the final showdown. Unfortunately, they do the old switcheroo where they, they bang on one end and then they grab what attacks from the other side. And another thing to note, Kelly has like these these dramatic chimes on his holster. Why did no one tell him to take those off? Yeah, it's making, you're
1: right. It's making noise.
0: You know, I, I don't really hold this one so much against Kelly because this is his first encounter with them. But this is definitely on Hiram and Juan. They know these things hunt by noise. This has been established. Hiram even says earlier, we can't wear any spurs because they jangle. Why did no one tell Kylie to take off his chimes? Yeah, you're right. Fools. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And constant vendors. You got to look out for that kind of stuff. So, Kelly is going to get grabbed by the Graboid, pulled in. And as he's getting you, he's just going to fire down into the mouth of the Graboid. And so, you know, hey, he went out swinging. I respect yeah. it. Yeah, I was kind of hoping he somehow he's going to pop out, but obviously he did not. Yeah, I would have loved it if he'd like, shot his way out from the inside of the thing, kind of like. <laughs>
1: Uh, kind of what happened to Bert in the third movie. Yep, exactly. That's I kind of ran through my head. It's like, maybe he can get out of this somehow, pull out a knife or whatever.
0: Nope. That would have been awesome. But nope, that is the end of Kelly. Do your damn job. Don't die in the process. Right.
1: Uh, he took the money and just
0: they didn't have the right equipment to save the day. Nope. You know, not 100% his fault, but he did not have to take this job. Nope. Totally true. Yep. So as nice as a, a horse full of silver sounds, can't spend it. Never got it. <laughs> So Christine's going to arrive in her wagon and pick up Hiram and Juan. They're going to run for it. And the Graboids start chasing them. Really cool shot of them going over a bridge. And the Graboids chasing them from under the bridge. Yep. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Was that Do you think that was CGI'd? That was a miniature. Oh, okay. They built a miniature. That's it's right. really cool stuff. So the horses aren't fast enough. They don't have any spurs. So Hiram is going to use the slingshot Fu gave him and, and shoot like a bullet casing into the, the rear end of the horses to speed them up. <laughs> it worked. Doing what you can with what you got. That's exactly right. And this is like the first competent thing Hiram's done the entire
1: movie. So finally his character arc starting to happen. Yeah, he's starting to uh, become valuable.
0: Hiram is, they tell everyone what happened. Hiram's like, we're done. I'm out of here. We cannot get this mine back. Those things are huge. I'm going to go do something else. Sell the mine, not tell anybody that's infected with worms, and um, maybe get a little bit of money. Everyone else wants to stay and fight these things and fight for their lands. Like, with what? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) With what? Like I don't even. I think this is simply rule of and get out. It's time to go. Like at first they think like maybe the the worms can't get to us. Maybe there's no not enough dirt in the valley floor for them to get to our location. No, there, there's plenty. They get through no problem. It's time to go. They give him a horse and supplies for his journey in return for the deed to the mine. Because if he decides not to do with it, they're gonna blackmail him and be like, we're gonna we're gonna tell the newspapers that the mine's infected and uh, you won't be able to sell it for anything. So right. hand it over and get lost. So Hiram agrees he's going to go. He's going to go off to the next town. I think it's called Valiant. Yeah,
1: it was. It was yep.
0: Valiant. Why wasn't it
1: Bixby? I don't know. What's wrong with Bixby? Valiant is probably named after Val. Sure. But yeah, there should have been a Bixby there. Juan's going to be keeping watch on grab-boy duty, and he's going to
0: see the Worms made it through. They're coming, and they're like, all right, I guess it is time to leave. All right, cool. You're all getting ready to leave. You're pushing to the last minute, but, but good. Hiram goes to buy a, a train ticket. And then he gets word over the telegram that uh, you know, the, the people from Ejection are asking for help. The wormists have made it through. They're coming. And the, the train telegram operator, he's just laughing. He thinks it's funny. Yeah.
1: Has no idea what's going on. So Hiram is going to go sell
0: his pocket watch, his gold pocket watch, and just get an arsenal of weapons. That is a lot of weapons yeah. for that. that I'm no know. expert in Old West economics. No. But dang because he's going to get guns for everyone, like and good ones, too. Plus a punt gun, which is a real gun. It was used to hunt like ducks, which is basically a cannon. Yeah, that thing was massive. I had no idea that was real. Yeah, it's a real thing. Insane. So he's going to come back to town. And he returns with all these weapons for everybody, and he's just got this massive punt gun. Hilariously huge, cartoonishly huge, but apparently it's a real thing. It weighs 94 pounds. It's 8 feet 4 inches long. It's for used for shooting large amounts, like a whole flock at once. Yeah, so I'm sure it's just it's shooting BBs, tons and tons of BBs. Yep, yep. And we see Hiram loading it. But if you shoot it at a close range, it's great for killing graboids. Wow. Big old hole. <laughs> and so the, I think this is where the movie gets really fun. Because this is the final showdown. It's a classic Old West showdown with worms. <laughs> 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 so they need bait. Fu's got an idea they got like a, a it looks like a triangle like you would play in an orchestra but i think it's like a dinner bell like, right you ring the dinner bell
1: i think that's what it is you're absolutely right that's exactly what it, what they use for it's, it it's basically if you're out you know with the cows or wherever on the ranch it's just a way to let people know it's time to eat yep and so the plan is to like put that on a rope and then drop it up and down on a,
0: a block or a rock and make a clanging noise to lure them in and then they also make a perimeter of uh, sticks with cans tied to them so it'll rattle if, if the if something goes underneath it or' it'll, it'll make noise and this is what I really like about this movie it's just like finding you know ways to fight these things but you don't have any modern stuff you gotta use what uh, old time is stuff sure. So they, they get ready. They're ready to go. They keep Fu Yen inside the store. Everyone else takes their positions around the the clanging dinner bell, the dinner bell, I guess. And the worms finally start to show up. They're all getting ready. And Fu Yen comes running out to help. So they have to like stop like, no, oh, you got to go back inside. Fu, stop ruining the plan. <laughs> so Hiram has got to leave his post with the punt gun and be like, no, you got you to gotta guard the Alamo for us. You know, so you got to hold on to our
1: fort, stay there. And it's really just a like, kid, shut up and go away. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, but I thought he handled it really well. Yeah. Careful what you say and how you say it. Yeah, and he he's definitely changing. You can see he's he's developing into you know the great grandfather of Bert Gummer.
0: You know, he cares about these people now. Yeah, you know, he spent you know over a month with them and he's come to like and respect all of them. So Hiram's gonna climb back into his wagon with his punt gun as just as the graboid shows up and he clumsily misses the first shot. Yeah, he misses his shot. Best line of the movie is Tacopa going, You missed with a cannon. <laughs> But it does scare the graboid away because it's loud. Right. So they get a temporary reprieve. Hiram manages to reload. And when it comes back, this time he kills it with the punt gun. Right. Great. Take the shot. Unfortunately, these graboids are smart. And the next one shows up and just eats the punt gun. <laughs> Did it do that on purpose? <laughs> so this happens like twice during the course, maybe three times during the course of this action sequences. They leave their posts to like join forces in the center of town and have like a committee meeting. Bro, get off the ground. Right. What are you doing? Uh, constant vigilance. Play stupid games with stupid prizes. Juan's gonna get chased up a telegram pole, and he's gonna like be holding on to the pole as it gets eaten from underneath him. Come on, man! It's it's not good. So Juan is screwed. He's gonna get eaten. Tacopa comes with a griddity. He puts like a, a an old two person saw down the flagpole hole that he built earlier. And starts clanging on it with a hammer, and the graboid comes to get him and runs straight into the saw and cuts itself
1: in half. Yeah, it just splits itself. Yeah, it's, that's a pretty good move. I probably that's probably the best one of the of the movies from a uh, action standpoint. Yeah, right that's there.
0: probably my favorite graboid kill. It's re- you don't really see any of
1: it. It's yep. just cool. Yep. and then just some blood spurts up. You know, I like when the two baby Graboids kill the guy when they, you know, fly at him and tackle him from the sides. That's pretty awesome, too. But this is really good as well. Yeah. You know, not graphic really at all, but it's just cool. It's like, all right,
0: someone's thinking. What a neat idea. And it was set up. It paid off. You know, classic script writing. So now there's just one left. And everyone is still on the ground. They're like, all right, where is this last one? And so this one's going to attack Takopa, And he is going to get so lucky because it rams him into the side of the hotel. And he manages to, like, pull himself onto... The boards that are out front. The porch. The porch. And run away. So, you know, he's he's quick on the draw here, and, and he gets really lucky. Is this where it swallows his statue? Yep. So Is he, he did- has a Cigar Store Indian statue out front of the hotel, and he likes it because he thinks it looks like him. And it eats the statue instead of him.
1: <laughs> but we don't see that
0: right away. Yeah, they they, okay. they draw it out they, like, oh, no, they did eat Tacopa. He crawls away, okay. and it grabs the statue. So Tecopa, you know, he was not constantly vigilant. He would left his position of safety. Plenty of times throughout this movie, all of them are like, rule number 33, never assume you're safe. They're thinking they're fine. when right. They're not. But Tacopa does follow one rule here. Rule number 28, run, bitch, run.
1: <laughs> run, bitch, run!
0: He was gone. He dove inside the hotel and, and survived this round. So good for Tacopa. So now they need a new plan. No punt gun. The solid thing is not going to work again. And Tacopa says, we must do what we can with what we yeah, have. There we go. Mm, there we go. So the new plan, they have gunpowder. Let's make a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, that's what they did in Tremors 1. Yep. So they have to be
1: really quiet and really delicate in making this bomb. Just a few household chemicals in the proper proportions. Absolutely.
0: So Pyongyang, he knows how to make, he calls it a big firecracker. He knows how to do it. They did it in China. So he sends his son inside of the market to get something to make the fuse. And everyone else outside working on the bomb, making the powder really fine for everything. While Fu Yen is inside, the telegraph goes off.
1: Making noise. Fu
0: eventually cuts the wire, but too late, grabboard attacks, the whole building collapses. Luckily it's a tent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Something we didn't mention is these buildings all have one wall and the other three were canvas. Right. So that that's why no one can go on the roof no roofs to go
1: on there are no roofs that's,
0: that, you know that's a clever way to get around that no roof there are no roofs that's something i really didn't realize till this rewatch. like oh yeah
1: they don't have any roofs that's why it, they can't do that it's funny they built a porch they built a step and a porch in a facade mm-hmm. the front of the building and then just tents behind it it's like why didn't you take that wood from the porch you put some walls up you know they mentioned they, they couldn't
0: afford it yet but it's just like you just need some wood Yep. So, and, you,
1: and you had wood because you made steps and a sidewalk, I mean yep. steps and a porch
0: make the front presentable and then they get inside and they're like oh, it's
1: a tent it's a Tent. <laughs> this is a tent
0: so in the chaos they all try to rescue Fu he manages to cut his way out of the tent before the graboid gets him but the graboid is in the center of town now it's launching it's final attack there isn't enough time to finish the bomb because Christine, Wen, and Fu Yen they all get stuck on a wagon and that is not going to last long against the graboid so it's like the final stand time so got to abandon the bomb. Not enough time. Need a new plan. Hiram comes up with the idea of using the traction engine, a belt, and a putting a hook, attaching it to the belt, and then attaching one end to the traction engine, the other end to the tail of the graboid, which is sticking out of the ground at this point. And this works. They, they, he has Juan and Tacopa, like distracted Well, he puts the hook into the tail, and Pyong starts up the traction engine and just drags the graboid away from everybody else. And straight into the engine, and it just smashes to pieces and kills the Graboid. Reminds you of Thomas' Tank Engine where there was the traction engine named Trevor? (laughs) It's a much darker version (laughs) Very dark. But it pulls the worm back at high speed and just smashes it to smithereens. Wow. So, you know, doing what you can with what you got. You use the traction engine, a belt, and a hook, and you, you win the day. Yep. Hell and, yeah. And it was Hiram's idea. Hiram's idea. We love to see it. Full, Hiram's come full circle. Almost. He's almost there. He's almost there. Love it. Fun kill. Guts go everywhere. It's great. They did it. They survived. So now now we've got to wrap things up. Hiram gets the bank loan, pays off. He's going to reopen the mine. The town gives him the mine back. They're like, we're not going to cheat you out of your mine. Here, here's the deed. But the deal is two, two conditions. We can never tell anybody about these things because no one will come here and work the mine and settle. That's kind of shitty for them to do. <laughs> yep, a lot of people died because of that decision. Yep, not not great. We, we'd still have Nestor if it wasn't for that <laughs> fan favorite Nestor and Walter Chang. He'd still be alive. One for that and the doctor and his wife. Yeah, yep. the road construction workers. Oh, what was their names? Carmen and oh, Hector. Carmen. Yeah, um, Carmine It was Carmine. 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 Right. And then old Fred. Old Fred and um, what the booze hound? Oh. God, what was his name? The first guy to die in Tremors up on the tower. Yeah. Edgar Deems, Edgar oh, Deems. Oh, wow, good old job. Edgar, and then uh, not to mention all of Tremors 3 people, yep. Uh, Miguel, Juan, you doomed your own ancestor doing this, the Chanks, you doomed your own ancestor by doing this, you fools. Wow. So yeah, they don't keep that kind of stuff secret, not cool. Anyway, doesn't affect them, not their problem. Tall glass not their prof. So they're going to reopen the mine, and they're going to use the profits to build like a proper building for the market and the hotel, and then pay off Juan's land and get to Copa a new statue.
1: <laughs> What's shocking about that is the town, when we come back to it in whatever, 1989, the town has hardly changed. You know, yes, it, they have buildings now have four walls and not yep. tents, but that's that silver mine did not really come through. I wonder if they dug it all up. There's just nothing left and it closed. Yeah, but you would th- think something would have been developed like the hotel. The hotel does not exist exactly.
0: in terms of one. So, yeah, the town didn't last all that long. A few, they got a few more good years out of it, and then it was done. So, Virtually a ghost town. It should be a ghost town. Hiram must have just got excited buying guns, Doug like Bert. Yep. So they renamed the town Rejection to Perfection. They repaint the water tower. And the final scene of the movie, and possibly my favorite scene of the movie, is Christine, Fuyen, and Hiram, they're all out. They've made a, a, a shooting range outside, and they're shooting cans. And Hiram is a lousy shot still. And and, and before this, Hiram does mention he's he's figured out where he's going to build his house up a an easily defendable position with a basement. (laughs) So the governor's state is going to happen. But they bring in a present for him, make him a little more accurate. It's a giant Gatling gun. (laughs) And so he uses it. It just blows away all the cans and the shooting range, yeah.
1: and he's just laughing maniacally. Yeah, big smile, just the 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 birth of the the great grandfather Bert Cummer, right there. It's and like the- he's fully
0: formed. Something I don't really like in movies is when they end on a freeze frame. I think a lot of times it's like that's stupid. This is the best one in history um, <laughs> because he's just laughing maniacally, and it ends on a perfect freeze frame of just the insanity that is the Gummer family, <laughs> and that's how it ends. Freeze frame on Hiram laughing maniacally. It's it's incredible, amazing ending, and that is Terminator Four. I don't have any rules. There was a yeah. lot here. A lot of the kills were they were tough. Not many of them had much of a chance. So.
1: Yeah, and two, you know, they did a lot of stupid things as you were talking about, like they were standing in the middle of the town on sand, yep. and it's like, do you think that just falls back to just a writer who isn't thinking anything through? Could be, or or do you think it's multiple writers? Not maybe, maybe do they? Do you think they not did not see the the previous movies?
0: It's the same people who made the first four. They was all the same people. I think it could be a a very short shooting schedule. It's just like we don't have time to do anything elaborate. We just got to go, 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 go. Yeah, we
1: need these people to talk. It's it's a bad move for them to get together, but we need them to talk.
0: So I think it is some lazy writing. Well, we need this guy to get attacked. How's he get attacked? Oh, well, he's not standing on the ground. Why is he standing on the ground? Doesn't matter. He's just got to be on the ground.
1: Or maybe it is just the director saying we've got to get moving. We only have we've got five shots today, and we've only got one done. We've got to get four more shots. Same in guy directed Tremors too. Yeah, but it, like I say if if they have nineteen yep. days, nineteen days to shoot this thing, you know they don't have any time. They've got to say all right, they're they're probably ad libbing on the spot, saying all right, bring everybody in here. We got to have them talk. Yep. It's Tremors three and
0: Tremors Four are very short schedules, and that's that's a big problem with short schedules. So, you know, doing what they can with what they got, but you know, there is some
1: <laughs> big shortcuts. Big holes that get created. Big
0: holes and not just by the worms. <laughs> so no new rules, just some bad writing. Um, so let's get into the awards, which I think it could be kinda of tough today. Yeah. First, we have the Randy Meeks Marriage Badge, which goes to the character who did the best job at following the rules, of course, based off Randy from Scream. Do you have any nominations for this one? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie.
1: You got to say, Juan, you know, he was in the fight throughout. He survived so much. You know, he he was in every scene, right? Pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's him so, and Hiram the whole yep. time. And certainly, Hiram wasn't doing very much to nope. aid the day. So, I guess, uh, you know, we could throw in Black Hand Kelly a little bit. He was pretty
0: competent, but in the end, you know, he died. why was he here? Yeah, he died. You know,
1: you could go get a gunslinging job anywhere. Yeah, and there was no one that just packed up and left, right? Well, I, how about all the townspeople that? How about all the townspeople that bailed? All right, you know what? I think you're
0: right. I think I think you you've, you you found the secret sauce here. I think we got to give it to all the people who leave in like the third scene of the movie, right after the the first mine attack, where like you know what. We're good. We don't really know what happened. Seventeen people plus another seven died up at the mine. Mine's closed. We ain't sticking around if I don't know what happened. We're moving on. So I, I like your
1: thought. So in Halloween one, did you give it to the neighbors? Yep. You gave it to the. neighbor this these are the neighbors. These are the neighbors. They, wow. The the, the, uh, the rest of the rejection citizens were like, you know what?
0: No. Rule 11 get out. <laughs> yeah. I think that's exactly right. Yeah.
1: I think an honorable mention to Juan for sure. simply surviving so much and just staying in the fight and getting through it.
0: Yep. Um but he had quite a few mistakes along the way. Oh too. yeah. And, he, you know, he, great, he should have died in the first scene.
1: Great deal of luck.
0: Yep. So I like it. the uh, residents, the unnamed residents of rejection who move away are <laughs> the random experiment badge winners. That's exactly what you do. If your town comes under siege by unknown forces, just leave.
1: Yep. Basically, they became the founding fathers of the next town down the road. Yeah, they all informed Bixby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's brilliant. Good job. That's excellent. Moving on to nightly living Club, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following rules.
1: they coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara.
0: Based on Barbara from Not of the Living Dead, who are you thinking for this one? There are a lot of possibilities. Yeah, ones. this is a big list. Wow. Yeah, where do you start? So all, all the townsfolk did at least something good, right? You know, they, they, they had big problems, but I think they all at least did something good, at least all the main ones. So I'm kind of leaning towards those miners, the four guys who went up to the mine. And of those four, the thing that really made me mad at this movie, you know, Soggy had no chance, really. Right. But when Soggy goes missing the accordion and goes flying into camp, everyone's just super chill. Like, nobody even thinks about it. And Brick just runs off to go hunt down Soggy and, and kick his ass and just runs off on his own. And doesn't even consider the possibility that the horror movie has found them. The one that killed 17 plus 7 other people earlier. Yep. So I think of those minors, I think Brick is the worst.
1: Yeah, he walked right into it. Yep,
0: and didn't even think. The others at least got their guns off, not counting Soggy, because he, Soggy, you really have a chance. Right. So I think of the miners, Brick is the worst. Now, is are any of the town folk or Black and Kelly or any of them
1: worse than Brick? What do you think? Wow. Boy, they made a lot of bad moves, but they got, uh, you know, how how do you hold good luck against someone? Yeah. You know, I think
0: of the townsfolk, Tecopa was really good, but then he made some really bad moves. How about the little kid? Foo? Uh, yeah, Oh. Well, Let's see, what did he do? You know, he wanted to help and he caused a distraction and, and then he went inside the house. What did he do? Anything useful, but did he do anything all that bad?
1: No, he was yeah. just kind of
0: there. Yeah, I guess I'd go with Brick. Yeah, I'm, I'm running through everybody in my head again. Uh, yeah, you know, in that final battle, what was the worst move? I think it's just everybody gathering in town center and that's that gets everybody, but they all did other good things generally. Yeah, they all pitched in. If you're gonna, so a couple things if you're gonna fight. And for these people, there is some logic to why they're sticking to fight. They have nothing else. You know, if we go to the miners, there are plenty of other mines. Why did these guys stick around? And, you know, I guess even the worst is, like, they stuck around and went into the belly of the beast early on in the movie with Hiram and Juan. Why did they do that? Just move on to the next mine. So they were the ones sticking their, their noses into the belly of the beast. And I think of those four, Brick is the worst. Yeah, I'll go with that. Cool with that? I am. All right, so Brick is the winner of the Night of the Living Club. Not so living anymore. Fun fact about Brick, he's played by Matthew Seth Wilson, who is the son of the director, S.S. Wilson. Oh. <laughs> also appeared in Tremors 3 as uh, one of the tourists on uh, Desert Jack's <laughs> tour. He was the one who looked like he was in, like, a ska band. Oh, the wow. crazy hat and a Hawaiian shirt. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's two appearances, one death for Mr. Matthew Seth Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is the end of Tremors four. So that means going on the wheel is Tremors
1: five, Bloodlines. Was that enough? back into perfection? Where are we? The oh, hour? we're going to South Africa. Oh so wow,
0: the different. Yeah, I mean, we filmed there because it was cheap, but the idea was like, you know, if there were graboids in other continents, they would evolve slightly differently. So this is like the African version of. The graboid and like the ass blasters.
1: But they didn't really go to South Africa.
0: I believe they they filmed in South Africa. It might not have been. Here, I'll look it up. I know they filmed in Africa. Wow. Just because there was tax breaks.
1: It It was cheaper to film there. Go to Canada a lot closer. Yep, they filmed in South Africa. Hmm, wild. So you're saying lower my expectations. Lower your
0: expectations. Jamie Kennedy is joining the cast. Randy oh. from Scream. Oh my gosh. Yep, Randy from Scream shows up in Tremors 5. He's the Val character in Tremors 5. Oh my gosh. So we're going to get Randy and Bert in the same movie. <laughs> I will say, Jamie Kennedy does not play Randy, you know.
1: Because you had talked about naming the Randy Meeks Merrick badge after Bert Gummer. Yep. That was one thought, right? Uh, ironically, you know, those were the two. Uh,
0: ironically, neither of these two characters have won the Randy Meeks Merrick badge. We'll see if Bert can win it in one of these last three or in the TV show <laughs> uh, but Randy's never won maybe Jamie Kennedy will at least get it
1: we'll see you know tremors five is okay it's okay all right uh, I, I think it looks good huh that's the number one thing for me is film it with a good camera and then make it funny
0: uh, I think you know they do try and make it funny how far does that humor go for you that 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 your mileage may vary basically the general consensus is if you're not a fan of the trimmer series you're not gonna like Tremors five if you do like the Tremors series, yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy it.
1: Okay, You know, good. It's
0: not great by any means. I think it's lesser than the first four, but it's okay. All right. It does miss some of the heart, I feel like, though, that the other ones had, because it is different people. Oh, okay. So that's going on the wheel. So let's go ahead and spin the wheel. Here's what's on there today. We have Scream 2022, It 2017, A Quiet Place 2, Tremors 5, Bloodlines, Cult of Chucky, Psycho, Scream season one finale, Revelations, and Ghostbusters 2016. Dad, go ahead and spin the wheel. Okay, that is Scream 2022. I'm not 100% sure we'll be able to make that happen next weekend. I'm going to try and make that one work. I, I don't know for sure because that will require maybe some traveling, but that would be Jake Johnson, New Girls Jake Johnson, famous actor Jake Johnson, uh, coming back on the podcast to do Scream 2022. So we will try and make that one happen next weekend. If not, I'll pick something else on the wheel that I can do, but I will we'll get Scream as soon as we can. Jake will either travel or we'll do it over Zoom. I'm not sure yet what, what Jake... What Jake's schedule looks like. So we'll see.
1: Alright, good but, deal.
0: Uh hopefully Scream 2022
1: as soon as we can. Love that movie. Did uh, you see that one yet? Scream 5? I, I I tried to watch that on the plane, but I couldn't do it. with was too much noise. Okay.
0: Um, I think it's on Paramount Plus. It's it's good. It's probably my third favorite of the five. Nice. i liked it a lot.
1: It is spooky season. It is spooky
0: season. Well, my entire life is spooky season. <laughs> uh Dad, thanks for doing this. Thank this you. It's always fun having you on. Well, yep. Talking some tremors. It's
1: fantastic.
0: Anything you want to plug today?
1: No plugging. Just be nice to everybody. Again, you don't have to agree with everyone, but uh, just try to get along and do your part to make the world better. Love it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at howtohorror, how to horror Number 2
0: horror uh, Go ahead and uh, reach out with the comments if you feel like, what do you think of the Tremors series? Do you like the newer ones? Do you like all of them like me? Uh, let me know. I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on Tremors and how great they are. If you have any bad thoughts of Tremors, don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Keep them to yourself. Positive thoughts, positive vibes only when it comes to Tremors. Please and thank you.
1: Make the world a better place and only talk good about Tremors movies. Amen. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, anything else? Nope. That's it. All right. This has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there. <laughs>